G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, if you were like me, you were interested in what was going on with the World Cup cricket and big celebrations, of course, that are probably still continuing on in some parts of the nation after Australia beats the Black Caps, the Kiwis, in the World Cup on Sunday. Well, let's talk a little bit about cricket today because I've discovered someone who has taken the opportunity to make some insights into the cricketers and how they behaved on the field. And uh, i got to say, uh, the thing that attracted my attention is that the Aussie cricketers were not seen in a perfectly good light. Let's talk about character and Aussie cricketers and the World Cup. Johnny Gilling is in South Africa. We're talking to him from South Africa, part of Iris Ministries, working with uh, children who have been orphaned in a home called Michael's Children's Village. Johnny's joining us from South Africa. Hello, Johnny. Welcome along to 2020. Good afternoon. Thank you. Johnny, let's talk about this. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned because uh, you're taking aim at some of our champion hero Australian cricketers when you uh, make some assessment about character. Now, uh, just let me just say, uh, so far as I'm aware, you're a New Zealander by birth. So some Australians will take that into context when we start talking about character here. Uh, You're particularly interested in the grand final of the World Cup, which, of course, was Australia versus New Zealand, and Australia won Mm. very convincingly. Uh, Tell me how important it is for you to think about the character of cricketers on the field? Look, I think, um, firstly, uh, just to be honest, uh, I, I absolutely believe that better team uh, in terms of cricket skill won on the day. Uh, I think Australia has an amazing record and it's a show in that. Uh, I think the players have obviously uh, dedicated a huge amount of time, energy, resource and sacrifice to achieving what they've achieved. And uh, in the letter that I wrote, I, I think I acknowledged that and said it is a wonderful thing to, to win a World Cup. Um, I guess my issue, while some people would perhaps perceive that I've singled out cricket and and the letter would uh, perhaps show that. Uh, My greater issue is more how people choose to influence uh, a nation or a group of people or an international community when they stand on a national or an international platform. Um, And I guess I'm asking the question, is it the greatest thing in life to win a World Cup? Is that uh, what all of us should be shooting for? Uh, because I can never achieve that. That's something that I will never do. Uh, It's probably something that my sons will never do. Uh, And so if that is the greatest thing, then it it relegates a a whole lot of humanity uh, to a fairly dull life. But if it's not the greatest thing, if there is something greater, um, then is it fair to ask people who have chosen to operate on a national and a national platform to look at influencing community in some positive ways? And I guess that's the essence of the letter. 
I guess one of the things you're looking at here, if you are comparing the two teams, the Australian team and the Black Caps Kiwi team, uh, you're talking about mm. sportsmanship. And sportsmanship, mm. perhaps uh, you're saying, well, the Kiwis, great sportsmanship. Uh, on the Aussie side, not so great. Uh, what is your criticism mm. of the Australians uh, that sort of leaves you wondering a little bit about character? country and, and, and you take schools for example and, and you look at all the campaigns that are being run in schools uh, around bullying and, and you know issues that have happened around bullying and, and you know there's been a, a number of uh, documented suicides over the years and, and children experiencing things that I believe children shouldn't um, and so a huge amount of time and resource and energy goes into those sorts of things um, but then we say it's, it's okay to I believe what we're saying is it's okay to operate uh, in exactly those same ways, the very thing that would be unacceptable between two people, even two senior students in a classroom, is suddenly acceptable between two people on a sports field who may only be a few years older. Um, And I guess, you know, I live in a nation where there's so much need. I think I put in my letter that that my idea was that I would come to to South Africa and serve and and, and give what we could give for a few years and and then return to New Zealand. And we got here and uh, one day we got a little phone call um, about a a little baby who uh, initially we were asked, could we just take him into the centre for for three months? Um, And there was no room. Our centre was full, but my wife and I had a little sort of uh, one or two room uh, place that we were staying in and, and we looked at each other and I guess we asked the question, you know, Jesus, what are you saying? What are you inviting us to? And, and we both felt that it was right to say yes and so we took this little boy into our home. Um, and over the years, one or over 14 months, one became five. And the, the tragedy is that um, in our time at the centre, uh, we would receive phone calls pretty much every week uh, for children that, that had nowhere else to be and, and were in some really sad circumstances. And So I live in a nation where there's, there's a lot of need and there's a heck of a lot happening on the ground. Um, there's great things happening on the ground. Uh, there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of things, but I actually really believe that for South Africa um, and many nations around the world, I believe this applies to New Zealand and, and Australia as well, for there to be real change in community, there has to be a united voice. And, and I believe people who perform on a national or international stage, um, I think it's fair enough to ask them to operate in a manner of character. I think it's fair enough to say to them, look, if, if you wouldn't want a schoolboy watching you to then switch off the TV and treat his mother in the way that you've just treated the person you're playing, treat the person you're playing in a different way. And I think in the game, the semi-final between New Zealand and, and South Africa, um, they played the game hard. <laughs> you know, they, they, there was no doubt that there was a lot of aggression, there was a lot of um, energy, there was a lot of passion. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't recall an incident where um, if I was a father watching that game with my sons, I would want to turn to my sons and say, hey, my boys, please don't ever treat another person like that in the name of, of winning a game. Uh, because I believe there's something more significant at play than, than perhaps just being able to hold a trophy aloft at the end of the day, as wonderful as that achievement is.
So as a father yourself, but also working in an orphanage capacity where there's significant poverty there in South Africa, it strikes you when you see sporting figures on the fields and uh, not just on a national but on a global stage for the World Cup. And you're seeing, and let me just pick you up on, on this, what you're saying is when there is sledging on the field, you're seeing that as bullying. That's a bullying character trait. And, uh, and something that you wouldn't like to see uh, rub off on your children or those children who are in your care. And you've gone to uh, also uh, back to an earlier incident where you mentioned Michael Clark and a sledging incident there where at one stage he threatened uh, to break the arm of, uh, of another player. Uh, you say too that if your children grew up with attitudes like David Warner or Mitchell Johnson... Uh, even with the skills that they'd have, that you'd feel like you had failed as a father. Uh, this is so important, isn't it, as a as a parent, how you make a judgment on these character traits? Sure. And, look, I mean, just, just to, to be honest about that, um, I hadn't perceived <laughs> this letter. My intention for the letter was to say thank you to the Black Caps. That, that was the purpose of it. Uh, you know, I, I've been incredibly blessed to receive five boys. Uh, my wife and I have, have been so blessed to receive five boys and, and love them as our sons. Um, and like I said, that wasn't our intention when we came here, uh, but that's where uh, I guess the eyes and the heart of Jesus have led us. What I, I guess I'm getting at is I want, I need all the help I can get. These boys have, have come from really challenging backgrounds and you know, I don't think this is uh, just an issue for countries that, that live in quote-unquote poverty. I think any parent uh, who, who's parenting uh, children would say, man, it, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And how do you influence a child in such a way that you set them up in the very best possible way to choose to live in such a way that who they are impacts on the lives of those around them in a positive way? And... Um, you know, I, I've reflected on, on that line. Uh, if I could write the letter again, I probably would leave it out, to be honest, because I, I think uh, while it wasn't my intention, uh, I think probably how it's been received is that I broad-brushed David Warner and, and Mitchell Johnson with a, a pretty broad brush on their whole character based on some isolated incidents, and, and I think that would be a fair call. Um, and that wasn't my intention. I think the letter would have been better with that line out. However, um, I still say, as a father to people who carry a, a global influence, you know, take a good hard look in the mirror and if you wouldn't want your own children to treat you or your wife, if you wouldn't want your own children to treat their friends or their family uh, in, in the ways that you treat others on the field, maybe it's time to change. Um, and I carry the same issue in my home. Uh, if there's an issue in my home, I, I ask God, my first prayer is God change me. <laughs> Um, if, if my sons are misbehaving, I don't look at them, I, I look at me. And I, I believe that God has given us an incredible power with words and, and with the way that we live our life. And he's given us a choice to either sow into lives in a way that encourages and lifts up and esteems and honors. Uh, or he's given us the opportunity in putting the world into our care to choose to live in a different way that doesn't have quite the same uh, the same impact on those around us. And uh, So, yeah, look, if... Uh, if I was in a room with, with Mitchell Johnson and David Warner, I'd probably apologise uh, because I don't believe I got that quite right. 
but I think there's still some essence underneath it uh, that, that needs to be asked. And, and these people who have chosen uh, to pursue a career like that I have to carry some responsibility that goes with it. Well, without the line, it might not have captured our attention and we might not be talking about just how important it is for character issues on the field where Mm. you've got uh, national hero sportsmen uh, who are displaying Mm. character traits that might be less than what we might anticipate as good character traits uh, for our children. Johnny Gilling, stay with us. I want to ask you some more about these character traits and about the fleeting nature of... Of fame, You've addressed another few bits and pieces in your open letter to the Black Caps, which you were pointing to and uh, congratulating, but of course in that uh, making some criticisms of our Australian cricketers. Johnny Gilling uh, from South Africa, we'll come back and we'll talk some more in just a short while. We're talking about an open letter that was written to the Kiwi cricketers, the Black Caps, uh, who were defeated in the World Cup by the Australians just this past Sunday. Johnny Gilling is in South Africa. He's a missionary working with orphans there in the Iris Ministries home called the Michael's Children's Village. And he's been watching the World Cup and reflecting on the character traits that have been shown by cricketers, not just Australian and Kiwi cricketers, but these guys were in the final. And so there is some reflection on our Australian cricketers. Johnny, let me just come back to uh, this whole issue of sledging, sledging in cricket. Uh, Some will say that's just part of the game. It's just a little bit of rough and tumble in there. But there is something deeper in sledging. And we drew attention to the idea of bullying in our last segment. Uh, This bullying is something that, uh, on one hand, we're accepting it on the cricket field. Uh, On the other hand, we're trying to teach our children not to be bullies. Sure, and look, I think it's an incredibly, uh, it's a difficult issue because you talk about sledging and different people have different perspectives, uh, different people believe different things. Um, I guess personally, uh, I believe that God spoke and he said, let there be light. Uh, he, I believe that words carry a creative power. I, I believe the first use of speech in the Bible is not to communicate but to create. And... So I live my life um, trying to be led by God and what it looks like to use my words to create in such a way that it makes Father smile. Um, obviously, if you take the God angle out and you don't believe in God, then, then that reason isn't valid. But at the same time, I think everybody, every single person could look back on their life and, and you know, discover a time, remember a time where words hurt them, uh, where words cause them to question perhaps who they were, who they are, uh, where they perhaps missed an opportunity in life because of the way they were spoken to. Um, and, and I, I guess I mentioned earlier, as a father with boys who are growing up, uh, I will pull on any influence that I can uh, that teaches them that and echoes that voice. And I will try and either keep them away from or expose them to and, and journey with them any influence that that seeks to use words in a different way. And uh, my personal perspective is that um, at the end of the day, let your bowling or your batting speak for itself. Um, I think I said in the letter, you know, when you come to die, you know, when when someone famous comes to die, people don't run around their bed. People don't come to them. People don't... uh, If a famous sports person has a, a real hour of need, 
uh, years down the track from when they were famous. Their fame doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, what matters is the relationships they've built, and uh, I believe we're called to, you know, there's some pretty, some some pretty straight words um, that that God speaks through His Word about saying, you know, if if you love just those who love you, what is that? Anybody does that, but seek to love those who hate you. Uh, do good for those who speak words against you, and and so when I look at the desire to see community change, when I look at the desire to walk in hope for a community or a nation, I believe it's okay to ask people just to buy in, uh, to, to choose not to bully, uh, regardless of whether you think it's okay or not, regardless of whether you think it fits in the game or not. Um, Jonathan Trott, you know, from the English team, uh, disappeared from the, Ash- the recent Ashes tour on a stress-related illness, and, and I, I personally just believe that's completely unnecessary. Um, if, if that's the cost of sledging, then for me personally, the cost is too high because someone who has the skill and has dedicated the time and the effort, a family, a wife who has released a husband to be away for many, many days and, and raises a child on her own in the pursuit of something, that person has been shoved out of the way for nothing to do with their skill or their cricket capacity but to do with the way they've been treated on the field. And, and um, to me, that's really sad. That's not the world I want my boys to live in. Uh, if my boys grow up uh, to operate in a particular skill or gifting from God, I want the world to say, go, boy. <laughs> you know, you go. Uh, and, and I want them to give honor and receive honor. Um, and that's the kind of world I want to live in. And so when I see that happening, um, even though I didn't anticipate uh, this letter getting the response that it did, uh, when I see things happening that I don't agree with at times, I, I believe I will use my voice to say that's not the world I want to live in. Um, more primarily, uh, the purpose of my letter was to say to the Black Cats, that is the world I want to live in, so thank you. Now, I guess it would be probably a little naive of us to suggest that the Black Caps never uh, involve themselves in sledging and never put a foot wrong, Absolutely. but, uh, but there... You made some assessments about the final of the World Cup and uh, you felt as though the New Zealanders were very humble in defeat uh, but that the Aussies gloated a little uh, and there is this sort of you know, love-hate relationship that goes on between Australians and New Zealanders on the, foot, on the sporting field sure. and at the end of the day we usually sure. just shake hands and it was all just a great game but, but what you're saying is yeah. it does reflect significantly if you do have any appearance of gloating when you win, whereas, in fact, you need to, as a good sportsman, even be humble in winning, not just in defeat. Absolutely. Look, I I believe that um, true greatness rests on the other side of the door of humility. Uh, uh, True greatness. Um, I, I believe that this gospel that we live by, uh, it's a gospel received by grace. And therefore, the more in God always requires you to recognize your need for that grace before you can receive the more. Uh, it recognizes you not to climb the ladder of greatness, but actually, I, I don't believe that necessarily there are um, great men and women. I, I believe that there are men and women who uh, humble themselves and God chooses to use greatly. Um, and so... You know, when I look at a sport and I look at gloating and I look at character and I look at humility, um, for me, the greatest, um, the greatest thing a sports team can do for me and my family uh, is to model character. 
it's, it's to model integrity. It's to model honour. It's to model humility. It's to play hard. Don't back off. I'm not. I'm not asking for. Um, you know, nail biting games are amazing. Games that are played hard are, are essential. Um, passion and 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 um, running in and, and bowling a bouncer, go for it. Um, but when you run in and bowl the bouncer, don't stand there and, and intimidate the batsman. Um, because if my boy sees that and starts to treat his next door neighbour in the same way, uh, I'm going to be disappointed in that. And, and I guess at the core of it, you know. There's a, once again, I'm talking from a, a rather God angle, um, and I understand that, that might not be relevant for a whole lot of people, but uh, Paul writes, uh, I think in 1 Corinthians, essentially, you know, you have many tutors, you have many teachers, you have many leaders, but not many fathers. And what I'm asking for, is it too much? I don't think it is, but is it too much to say to every cricket team, to every rugby team, to every rugby league team that play. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, you play cricket to win. So your first goal is to win the game. But what would happen if there's a very closely followed second goal, a cricket team committed to say, uh, as a second goal, in the way that we play the game, we will seek to father a generation and we will seek to father a nation. And the reality is that Australia right now, um, that there are things going on. There are people who are disengaged from the Australian community. There are really sad and, and horrible things that have happened. Uh, and I'm not saying for a second that sledging on the field relates to a, a cafe being taken siege. But I am saying that sledging on a cricket field contributes to the culture of a community and you get enough influences in a certain direction and it starts to create a mass of influence which then directs the actions of a community. Um, and, and so my cry, my desire would be to say to people, look, hey, play hard, <laughs> you know, play to win. I have no issue with that because that's what you're in. That's what you've given your life to. But as a secondary goal, ask yourself, does the way that I play the game father a nation? What does it do for the, the young men that are watching me? Um, I remember watching Andrew Merton's, uh, I don't know if you, you recall it, but um, I can't exactly remember the game. I think it was a super rugby game in South Africa. Or, uh, actually, maybe even been an all-black game. Uh, but he... He made a good play, and, and he, I think he kicked a drop goal or a, a penalty kick, and he turned around and, and ran back to halfway, um, pulling the fingers at the crowd. And um, I remember as a young man watching that, uh, having to grapple with when I go and play cricket on the sports field uh, next week for my school team, uh, is that behaviour okay? And, and I remember celebrating in a way that my mum came to me afterwards and, and she, she didn't condemn my behaviour, she just asked some questions. And um, the simple reality is that I, I did something that was inappropriate and wrong and was completely unnecessary in the context of a great, great game. Uh, and I acknowledge that, look, there'll be many opinions that differ with me. I, I acknowledge that there'll be people that say, hey, a little bit of niggle is a good thing for the game. Um, but I think that what game, there are games throughout history that have been played with absolutely no niggle, and they've been phenomenal games. And, you know, look, everybody is pointing to the New Zealand-South Africa game and saying that was the game of the World Cup. Um, I might be wrong. I may have missed it. I didn't watch the whole game, but I don't recall one incident of niggle, and I recall many incidents of um, respect and honour for men that have achieved great things. And the great things that they have achieved are only enhanced by those attitudes, in, in my view. 
Well, there may be some who would criticise our conversation today saying you're making too fine a point of some of these issues when it comes to our national sports people. But you've certainly made a good point that when you're a father and you have sons and you're interested in characters being nurtured and shaped, uh, then you don't need influences that are not good influences. And, of course, there are different struggles across many different sporting codes. And you've mentioned rugby union, rugby league. And, of course, we've got those issues at the present time with uh, drug use and uh, and all sorts of steroid use in sports. Sport, uh, those things are also very important. But as we've been focusing on the cricket, uh, it's just been good getting your insights, Johnny Gilling. And uh, just to mention that you're a missionary working in South Africa, Kiwi by birth, uh, but a proud dad and one who wants the best for his own children and for, uh, in your case, the orphans who are in your care to be shaped and nurtured. And when it comes to sledging, which we're aligning with bullying on the field, uh, there are real issues there. Uh, Johnny Gilling, just uh, great hearing your insights and really appreciate the attention that you've drawn, even though uh, we're talking about our Australian uh, World Cup champions in perhaps not the best light, but really appreciate you talking to us today here on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate your time. Have a great rest of the week. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.